coming this year to theaters. Get ready to assemble the Infinity Stones to hold on to your butts one last time and to cancel the apocalypse again. <laughs> it's mildly pleases. Pleases. <laughs> Top 10 Most Anticipated Movies of the Year with Sean Lemmy, John Odney, Colin Westman, Matt Kirstens. <laughs> Do you guys miss that they don't have trailers with voiceover anymore? It's so funny when yeah. I go on, like, uh, I don't want to like watch a random doing? trailer on Amazon Prime or something. I'm, like, scrolling through and, like, you know, some dumb 90s romantic comedy, like, basically spoils the entire movie <laughs> they're like just say the entire plot of the entire movie i think i was watching that that was it sabrina that harrison ford movie and yeah. they like basically just like show you the entire movie and they spell out every single little thing did they sell you on it no i haven't watched it yet. do you feel like you've already seen it though you got all the plot yeah, points i got every i got the conclusion i got everything <laughs> ready to go i feel like yeah trailers are down to a, a very exact science now we've talked about it on this podcast before it's all about like show something serious 1 p.m note ding yeah show something fade to black and then or like and it's it opens on like a wide shot of some like valley or something or some like mega building in the future oh yeah that's like exactly how they make jurassic world trailers and will that be part of our conversation, our most anticipated uh, movies list? I don't know. So breaking this down, how we usually do this podcast is Sean and I will do our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2018, and Colin will do his least anticipated. Mm-hmm. Did you catch up on all the trailers? Are you, you good, Colin? You ready? Uh, yeah, there are a few on here, though, that don't even have trailers. So I kind of just had to go with my gut. <laughs> It just sounded like bad news. Any dishonorable mentions that didn't make your list that you wanted to throw uh, out? There was a movie called The War with Grandpa that starred Robert De Niro, but I think it got like pushed because it was uh, produced by the Weinstein Company. <laughs> and that just sounded all kinds of bad, but I, I like don't know anything about it or if it's even going to come out this year. Is he just strictly doing grandpa-titled movies now? I guess. The grandpa trilogy, is that yeah. kind of thing? <laughs> um, I also wasn't sure about Bumblebee. I know I, I usually will uh, put a Transformers movie on one of these lists, like, automatically, mm-hmm. no questions asked, but I really don't know much about that one. And it seems like it's directed by a guy that did that Kubo movie. The people like. Yeah, maybe they're turning around. It doesn't sound that bad, but it's like, oh, those movies are so Why are we bad. like, maybe they're turning around? They've made five <laughs> shitty movies. I mean, they made Wonder Woman, even though all those DC movies are shit. It could happen. Granted, they only made like two bad movies, though. This is like five. Does Michael and plus, Bay have Michael... anything to do with it? I don't know. I mean, for sure he's producing, but yeah, I'm not sure if he like came to set. He's like, hey, you're doing that wrong. <laughs> it probably came out of the Transformers writer room thing. Did you guys hear about yeah. this? Mm-hmm. They put together like this dream team of like screenwriters and directors. Um, 
like a lot of like famous talented people and they were just like we're gonna sit down we're gonna come up with ideas for like 150 Transformers (laughs) (laughs) so they're probably gonna try to do that Transformers movie every year thing probably why not okay and uh, I don't have any honorable mentions for mine because it was such a struggle to get movies that are actually coming out this year because I'm trying to go for cool indie picks because I'm really cool (laughs) Sean did you have any honorable mentions you want to throw you know I didn't but hearing you say that makes me feel like I should shout out um the Terry Gilliam Man of La Mancha. Uh, mm, it's finally coming out, which I guess. It's supposedly finally coming out this year. Or it's not called Man of La Mancha. What's it called? I, th- I think it's called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. That and it's right. supposed to be coming out this year. It's not a whole lot of information on that, but they finished shooting. 20 years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the fourth cast they've gone through. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, okay, so I think how we normally do this is do I go first, and then you go, Sean, then you go, and then Colin? Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be quick uh, with my f- first two because they were like substitutions right before we started recording with movies. I'm like, oh shit, this movie comes out 2019. I'm going to try to throw in something really quick so I have like nothing to say about it. My number 10 most anticipated movie of the year is Under the Silver Lake. It is a neo noir crime thriller from A24, and they're a super cool studio. It stars uh, Andrew Garfield, Riley Keough, and America's Sweetheart, Topher Grace. And I put it on here because, one, it's A24. Two, it's directed by David Robert Mitchell, who directed It Follows. This is his big follow-up. It Follows, one of my favorite movies of that year. Great horror movie. So I'm going to go straight to John's crazy question, which is, do we like Andrew Garfield? I think so. (laughs) You you sounded really (laughs) hesitant about that. I'm not sure if I... What was the last time we saw him in anything i guess I, I i liked him in silence i suppose i feel like they could have gotten someone better in it but like at least he's choosing like challenging parts i, I, I don't, he's all right i think the thing is we all liked him when the social network came out yeah. but then they, they did the spider-man movies and i feel like eh, what do you think went wrong with andrew garfield and the spider-man movies why did why was that such a misfire oh they were horribly written films <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he just so, was, you he just wasn't good enough at skateboarding. <laughs> it seemed like he was, he was too good at skateboarding. Too, it seemed like he yeah, was too true. cool to be like a high school nerd that got picked on. That was like right during when skateboarding was like not cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find out that in this movie he's a skateboarding detective. I don't know yet, uh, but it looks cool. Cool indie noir movie. Sean, you're number ten. Okay, so my number ten, it's an Eaton Cohen film, and like hmm. he hasn't done like a lot. Like I think the only other movie he's written and directed is Get Hard. The Will Ferrell um, is going to jail. Oh, movie. okay. It's like what the fuck is Get Hard? <laughs> like Walk Hard? <laughs> um, but he's a guy who who's written on a few things, like Tropic Thunder. He wrote for Men in Black Three. Um, and he's directing a movie called Holmes and Watson, which is finally bringing back together Will Ferrell and John C. Riley as Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. I mean, they haven't played those roles, but they, I mean, I really liked Talladega Nights and I really liked uh, Step Brothers too. Um, so I'm excited to see these guys back together starring in a movie. Um, I'm looking at the cast. I see Lauren Lapkus is also in it, Rob Brydon. That guy from you know the Trip movies, mm-hmm. and um, they got Ray Fiennes as uh, Moriarty, and they got Hugh Laurie as Mycroft, who's Sherlock's brother. 
So the question is, are they going to be British? It's a great question to ask. Sounds Colin. Like other members of the cast are British. A lot of the cast is British. Some of them, like they got Kelly McDonald as well. I don't know how funny Kelly McDonald is, but I recognize her name. Yeah. Hmm. You know, the ten spots got to be kind of a long shot, and sure. Um, and this is just anticipated, right? It's not we're not predicting the ten like best movies of twenty eighteen in advance. I, I would be curious to see how many of your guys' anticipated movies actually end up on your year end list. Yeah. It's probably I, feel like I did okay last year. Okay. I had Shape of Water and it on my most anticipated. And Star Wars. And three billboards, which almost made it. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. So I'm giving it a shot, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, well, my number 10 is a movie that I'll, I'm sure, have to give a shot. I actually wasn't going to have it on here, but then I slotted it in just so we could talk about it. It's uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. I don't know, guys. Where's the fucking trailer? <laughs> Where's the trailer? Maybe, maybe it'll be out by the time this podcast comes out, but seriously, it comes out in May, right? They're gonna Can they still push that back? Is there enough time? No, I think there's always enough time to. I think I think yeah, I think there's all. I think there's always enough time, especially if you're the most powerful movie studio in the world. The question is, are they still shooting stuff right now? (laughs) Have they locked production? It's crazy because I remember like a couple weeks ago when they're like, "Oh, there's gonna be a trailer this Monday." This was like probably like mid January. This Monday on Good Morning America, Mm -hmm. and then they didn't have one. It's like, oh, we're still doing pickup footage, and I'm like. For the trailer? Like, what are you talking about? You don't have anything to give us? They could use old footage. They don't need to be done (laughs) to to edit together a trailer. I just, I wonder how much, how much of this movie is going to be what was shot with the first two guys, and how much is what was shot with Ron Howard? Because how how far into production did those first two guys get? Does anyone know that? They had three weeks left of shooting. Three weeks left. So they are (laughs) shooting for a long time. That's crazy. <laughs> it does seem like they shot like an entire new movie with Ron Howard. So, Nancy, I, you're a big Star Wars guy. You're probably really excited for this, right? I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of approaching this like I might approach Ant-Man or something. You know, it's like, yeah, that, <laughs> this will be, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I like, anything... I like Marvel movies. Why okay. not go see a Marvel movie, you know? I'm, I'm going to take you on the Ant-Man wager, Dan. <laughs> I think I'm going to like Ant-Man and the Wasp more than I'm going to like Solo. Yeah, so. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you also feel that way? Um, well, I mean, like, I'm not a, you know, ant. I'm not a... Yeah, I mean, I like sure. I like it. You're not an ant man. I, that was just an example. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I'm... I'm not getting my hopes like up like I was for the Last Jedi, um, but I'm also I'm open to whatever they do, you know. And, and uh, but if, you know if it's bad, you know this was just a bad idea from the beginning, so it's <laughs> it's kind of you know you can't always make good movies. So uh, you, know, you, know, you know my policy about that. <laughs> yeah, I do. But here's my thing: I also know your policy about like the canon and like. Once something's canon, you can't get it out of your head because it matters to you. Yeah. Are you going to... And I think, the, you know, it's very interesting you bring that up because The Last Jedi really... It it made me think, like, oh, 
like, do I really care about, like, canon and all that stuff anymore? Like, like, not in a bad way, but in a way, like, like, ah, you know, like, man, it's taking a lot of energy to, to read all this shit all the time. <laughs> so, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. The worst thing that could possibly happen is they, uh... I don't know, they just like it's not Han Solo at all and it's just like awful and and I don't Yeah, what it. if it's like a story of like he had gone to the Jedi Academy and like washed out? <laughs> hey, I want I want each of us to come up with the worst possible thing that they could throw into this movie. I feel like I've talked about this with a friend and for me it's if the movie ends with him sitting down at the cantina. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard anything that would be terrible. I, I've heard people talk about that. I mean, that's that's the Rogue One approach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it worked in Rogue One, but I just it, it, the problem is you get you're getting so close to you're already so close to 29 year old Harrison Ford. And like, is that how old he? How old I was think, he in that movie? I think he, he was probably like, in his 30s. I think he was late 20s. Harrison Ford's like a lot older. Yeah, he's a lot older. Well, the other two were like 19. <laughs> I'm going to do the math for here real quick. 42. He was 35. Whoa. So like, remember, he's 39 when he did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Jeez. Alden Aaron Reich is 28. So he's not like that far off. Yeah, he's not that But far. if he sits down at that fucking cantina. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. I feel bad because I feel like he was well cast in a project that's doomed. So now everyone's going to hate him. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, we'll see. I haven't seen it. I haven't even seen a trailer, so I don't have any opinions on it. You know, I don't know. What There's, like, a photo, right? I'm just curious to, like, because, like, I've been reading the comics, and, and, and like, when are they going to make that? Like, it, it has always looked like Harrison Ford. Like, are they going to make a comic where it doesn't look like, where it looks like Alden Ehrenreich? <laughs> like that'd be weird. It's just, it's just bizarre. Maybe he's gonna get hit by lightning and his face will turn into Harrison Ford's face. <laughs> At the very end. Yeah, that's how it works, right? <laughs> but it, he's like not disfigured. He's just like another guy. <laughs> <laughs> not even a very different looking guy he's, just, <laughs> he's got the same haircut well yeah it didn't affect his hair or he gets plastic surgery to like try to avoid java also is he like a cg harrison ford at this yeah point? they put they merge harrison ford's he's face like, over his oh yeah they're really, they're really good at that so. yeah <laughs> after carrie fisher died don't you think like whatever technology they have to replicate actors they've like put in place like harrison ford mark hamill Probably even like Tony Daniels, they've all been like scanned in, right, into whatever they have now. Yeah. All in the mainframe. Well, they already said that they're not going to do that with Carrie Fisher. They said that, but I bet you they're getting mm. those scans right now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, getting those scans? I don't like that. Not off Carrie Fisher, because she's dead. But off, off, like, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. They're getting their scans in. Right, if you pay Harrison Ford enough, I think he'll let you do it. Yeah. All right. Another yeah. person uh, who should get their scans in before they die <laughs> is Robert Redford, the star of my number nine pick, The Old Man in the Gun. This is back-to-back A24 picks. This was a late substitution, so I don't know a lot about it. 
It's David Lowry, Lowry, mm. who uh, directed Ghost Story last year. This movie is about a career criminal and prison escape artist who, I guess, was still doing crimes even as an old man, like living in an old folks' home and robbing banks. And that sounds hilarious, but it's A24, so you know it's going to be legit. It's not going to be like fucking Last Vegas or what was that remake they made last year? Going in Style, directed by Zach Braff. Mm-hmm. You donate to that Kickstarter, Sean? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this this sounds good though. Rob Redford, uh, Spacek, Danny Glover does have Casey Affleck, which I'm a little in on, but you know, I, I'm still a big fan of David Lowry and Rob Redford. I don't really have a good crazy question for this one, guys, because it was a last minute substitution. Let me see if I could think of one. So I, I think I heard Robert Redford said this might be his last performance, which I feel like he said like four times now because he's like 83. Do you think of any old actor who you'd like to see just go out on one great performance and then be done? Robert De Niro. <laughs> I wish they could bring back Gene Hackman for one final good performance. Mm. Yeah, because he went out on a sour note. Welcome to Moose Park. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was just like, this is so bad that I'm just going to quit? Or is he just genuinely tired? Mm. Probably both. Probably both. He quit a long time ago. It was like mm-hmm. 2005. Maybe even earlier. Maybe even 2003. There's several Welcome to Mooseport references in that comic I drew in high school, McBuff. So <laughs> that, that's how you can pinpoint around the time that it came out. <laughs> I think, yeah, those are good uh, good choices. Um, and unless anyone else has anything to throw in, I think we can move on, Sean, to your... Yeah, that was almost on my list, but it wasn't. But what is on my list is Backseat, which is Adam McKay's Dick Cheney movie. Hmm. Sort of... Related to my last pick, the Will Ferrell crew doing it. Um, I was a big fan of Big Short, and um, Backseat sounds hilarious. Just look at the cast. It's got Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Oh, fat Christian Bale. (laughs) Fat Christian Bale. You know, it's got uh, Sam Rockwell, like possibly soon to be Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell, playing George W. Bush. That sounds pretty good. Bill Pullman's in this as uh, as Nelson Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. It's pretty legit. Steve Carell is Donald Rumsfeld. Nice. And for sure they're going to have him shooting the guy in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably like the opening scene, right? You ever shoot oh. a guy in the face? Going down the list, I see Tyler Perry's <laughs> playing Colin Powell. So, yeah. A lot to look forward to in Backseat. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think it definitely helps that Adam McKay did the big short so we know that he's comfortable with like a film of this tone that like is a real-life event. Um, certainly better than like if Oliver Stone was making this. Yeah. Because <laughs> we already got his several times where he's tried to adapt real-life stories way too soon, and they're uh, terrible. This is good. This is like enough time has passed where I think it makes sense to make a movie about Dick Cheney, and people are really going to realize, like, oh, man, no, there's some shady shit going on back then. And I'm sure it'll be funny, too. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see more of Adam McKay doing that kind of tone he did with the big short. Where, like, it is, I mean, it, it's funny in parts, but it's still, like, uh, you can take it seriously as a drama. Like, we were watching the other guys last night, and I forgot there's, like, the part at the end where, like, he's they're kind of commentating on like big banks like taking control and like ponzi schemes and stuff and like mm-hmm. you don't really care because it's in a goofy comedy but like seeing him like actually 
like dig into to how fucked <laughs> America is and doing it in a tone that's like still satirical and stuff but um you know he's clearly a smart guy who has things to say other than just making Will Ferrell do do wacky stuff um okay so my number nine i actually was having some trouble finding like really bad movies <laughs> that are coming out like i feel like hollywood is getting to a point where like so few people are going to the movies that like they're not taking as big a risk on things that sound really stupid but this is one that like i feel like it's kind of a product of hollywood not being able to like take on any new franchises they're doing another robin hood movie this year oh my god uh starring taron edgerton (laughs) as robin hood and jamie fox as little john and just the one word description on imdb is a gritty take on the classic robin hood story (laughs) and it's just like was that Russell Crowe not a gritty take on the Robin Hood story? No one cared about Am that. Am I mistaken in thinking that Guy Ritchie did a Robin Hood movie? Mm. He did King Arthur, King Arthur, The Sword and the Stone, which is written by the same guy who's writing this Robin <laughs> Hood movie. Was that a gritty take? I'm sure it was pretty gritty. Jesus Christ. Well, do you, is it anyone of note directing it? Doesn't look okay. like his name's Otto Bathurst. Taron Edgerton seems like he's mostly done like British TV stuff. Nancy, do you even know who Taron Edgerton is? That's the guy from uh, Kingsman, right? Yeah, well yeah. done. He was almost Han Solo. Yeah, he was on the short. He was on the short. Oh yeah, the short I remember bus. that. <laughs> short <laughs> list. <laughs> Him, Alden Ehrenreich, and uh, who was the third? I may have been. Is either I can't remember the third one. The conversation was, but yeah, he's okay. But he's. I feel like on his on this path to being like in really bland roles and like Robin Hood and the take is it's gritty it's gritty I mean there's not much of this movie yet because it doesn't come out till September but what do you think would make a Robin Hood movie gritty like we all know Robin Hood he shoots bow and arrow rides horses like what could you do to make it gritty <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I guess I don't feel like he's a character that blends himself as well to grittiness like I feel like that '30s Errol Flynn one is like pretty good because he is just like a good-hearted guy, just just trying to help out poor people. Yeah, so you just change that up. You make it like rich people killed my parents. I'm coming for him. He doesn't steal from the rich. He kills, he kills the, the rich. Kills the fucking one percent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I would like to see, and I didn't know this is something I needed in movies until I saw Wonder Woman. Is when you're like on a horse and then you kind of tilt to the side of your horse and fire your bow and arrow, <laughs> like you're almost off the horse, but then you fire a bow and arrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need lots of that. Well, maybe that'll be in here. And like all sorts of like trick arrows, like bomb arrows, <laughs> uh, like arrows with chains on them, like grappling hook arrows. Um, but yeah, uh, Robin Hood sucks. So that's a great choice. Is it just called Robin Hood? It's just called Robin Hood at the moment. It's not even called Hood. Not or yet. Robin the Hood. There's time. <laughs> Robin the Hood. Yeah, they should have just made it like uh, in the ghetto. Made it about like boys in the hood type mm. gangbang and call it Robin the Hood. Yeah. That sounds way more gritty and way more interesting. Okay, back to me. This is number eight, I think. So, uh, and i just like to put in a correction from earlier. I said the old man gun was A24. I think it's actually Fox Searchlight. My mistake. 
Uh, one film that isn't a mistake and might be on its way to be the best film ever made is Ready Player One, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Ready Player One. Okay, now I included it on this list not because I think it looks good, because I'm like, what the fuck is it? Because I read that book, and that book is basically kid, shitty post-apocalypse, plugs into his game, and then there's an egg that if you find it, you win a bunch of money, um, and to get to it, you have to play games. But it's not like he's like... Well, I'm going to play Joust, and now I'm like on a uh, ostrich with a Joust thing. It's like I'm literally at holding a controller playing Joust. So it's like right off the bat, you can't just at- adapt this like straight how it is in the book. You have to change pretty much everything. <laughs> and judging from the trailers, it's already very different because there's like a weird race, and like Freddy Krueger's there, and Gundam's in it. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. That's why I want to see it. Now, I want you guys to tell me why it looks really bad. Colin, it was almost on your least anticipated. Yeah, it was my original number 10, actually. <laughs> um, I guess maybe I'd be open to it if I was open to just regurgitating the past and <laughs> cashing in on nostalgia, but I'm so sick of it at this point that it just seems... Like I don't know, maybe they can do it in a in a way that kind of embraces how people love certain pieces of pop culture and how they come to mean things to them. But it just seems like they're turning it into a big action movie where it's like let's stuff as many pop culture. They don't even give a fuck it anymore. It's like a fucking Best Buy commercial. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the commercial. Uh, like I'm calling the trailer the commercial. The commercial <laughs> starts with them talking about I love the 1980s. But then there's shit from the 70s and the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. I saw Overwatch characters are in the latest trailer. <laughs> That's a video game that came out in 2015. The fuck are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> That's I'm not nostalgic about 2015. Like I guess I am a little bit because of Trump, but not really. <laughs> it's interesting that they threw in more recent stuff because none of that's in the book. I don't recall there being like just straight up characters from movies. I mean maybe. Mm their approach is that like you'll enter the game and then i'm like i'm going to choose to play as uh the iron giant to like that's actually i think the iron giant was in the book because there's a part there's a big mech battle at the end so sean should be probably probably pretty excited do you guys know about um (laughs) vr chat i don't think so this this it's this game it's gotten popular on like game streaming websites um because when you go in, you it's a it's an Unreal Engine, so you can upload any Unreal Engine like character model, um, and and that'll be like how you represent it into this like giant chat room area, and um, so you'll you'll log in and you'll see like Darth Vader is having a conversation with Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> stuff like that, um, and it's been here's where the internet's at in 2018. It's been ruined because these people have started playing as this like really like derpy looking Knuckles the Hedgehog, uh. and they're doing super offensive like Ugandan accents, and they keep talking about like "Do you know the way?" That's like their famous quote. They like run around going "Do you know the way?" and then like making clicking noises with their tongues. Does it sound African? So that's like, that. That's in this? That should be what Ready Player One is like. Nancy, what's your take? You excited? Uh, I mean, I saw the trailer. Uh, you like the past. But I hate Ohio. <laughs> you know what? The book didn't take place in Ohio, but Steven Spielberg's from Ohio. 
Hmm. I wonder if he's like, this is now about me. <laughs> it's weird that Spielberg's doing <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, he's really it's nostalgic really for when he was 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I heard an interesting comment that's like, one of the big problems with this is Steven Spielberg doesn't have any nostalgia for this stuff because he was like one of the biggest guys in the industry at the time when all these movies were coming out. Like, he's too close to them, you know? And he even said like, oh, I don't really want to include stuff that I've worked on yeah. in this movie. Jesus Christ, man. You gotta, though, right? You know, you gotta have E.T., like, riding on the E.T. bike and shit. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, yeah, there's a, there's a lot working against it. And there's very few things working for it. Um, I know it was written by Zach Penn, whose screenwriting career is okay. He did, uh, he co-wrote Avengers, Incredible Hulk, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, X2. So he's got like an okay tracker, but it was also co written by the book's author, Ernest Klein. Um, and I think the only other movie Ernest Klein has written is that. Do you guys remember the movie Fanboys? I think so, yeah. About like the guys that are trying to get to like go to George Lucas's ranch to see Phantom Menace before their friend dies. Yeah, who was in that? I think Seth. Seth Ro- well, Seth Rogen's in, a supporting, in three supporting roles. <laughs> Wow. But I think it starred, uh, was it like Jay Bruchel? It was. Jay Bruchel and Dan Fogler. Nice. But nobody saw I mean, I've seen parts of it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Sean, you're number eight. My number eight, you were talking about writers. Uh, it's there because I really like this writer-director. It's Shane Black's fourth Predator film, The Predator. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um... I think all we know about it really is that it's set in the 90s, most likely. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And um, because it's supposed to be after Predator 2, but before Predators. Sweet. Uh, and it's probably around Christmas in the 90s. <laughs> Knowing Shane Black. It's Shane Black. Um, and, we, and we have a cast that's pretty meh. It's pretty good. Keegan-Michael Key? Keegan-Michael Key. They got Trevante Rhodes, the, the Moonlight guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia Munn is playing a scientist, so... Okay. That should be good. <laughs> I thought I heard, and I'm not sure if this is true, that it takes place in the suburbs. Oh. Which is a very interesting setting for a yeah. Predator movie. I well, would love to see that. A lot of people in the suburbs. Yeah, oh, that should be And there's going to be a scene where like, there's a dog that's like barking at Predator, and he's like staring at it, and they cut away, and you hear that... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a treat any time a Shane Black movie gets made, because there's not that many of them. Also, I mean, he was in the original Predator, so he must have some respect for it. Yeah. And some appreciation. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, any, is, is Arnold going to be in it? I don't think so. I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> he drops in at the last second. Was he in? He's not in Predator 2, right? No, he's not. What about you, Nancy? Are you excited for this new Predator movie? I, I haven't even seen Predator 2, so. Predator 2 is like. Interesting. It's not like that bad. It's got some good parts. I feel like it's got a good cast. It's it's like Danny Glover, Bill Paxton, Gary Busey, and you get to see Danny Glover on a Predator. Wait, spaceship. wait, wait. Did you say Gary Busey? Yes. Jake Busey's in this one. What? <laughs> I actually liked Pre- I actually liked Predators as well, starring America's Sweetheart, Topher Grace. So. <laughs> I honestly think this you could pull this off. Predator movies aren't too hard to do. You just gotta have like a motley crew of cool guys and then like some sweet like monster shit, you know? It's, I think they're easier to do than aliens films. It's got a cool poster too. I don't know if you guys seen this. It's like a lightning bolt oh, that in is the sweet. form of Predator's head. 
And it's called The Predator. The Predator. They're just tiptoeing around every single way you can say it. A Predator. A Predator. That just sounds like a different kind of movie entirely. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Joel Edgerton in A Predator. <laughs> I don't know why I went to him. So he played a creepy guy in that The Gift movie. I, I thought I also heard that they moved the release date of that to ensure its success, which is good. Yeah, it comes out in August. Nothing comes out in August. It comes out. It's like going up against nothing, so it has a good chance to do good as well. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, that was definitely one I considered for sure. Colin, what do we got? Uh, my number eight is Game Night. Oh yeah, <laughs> this, is, this shit hasn't come out yet. No, it comes out February twenty third, so you know it's gonna be good. <laughs> Nancy, do you know what Game Night is? After Valentine's Day. I want to know that he knows what it is. He's Googling it right now. I can hear him typing. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you know what game night is? It sounds familiar. All right, Colin, what's game night? Game night's like a movie where a few couples get together for a game night, and then what's his name? Uh, Kyle it? Chandler's like, this is real. And then like he gets taken away by some shady crime guys and then uh i don't really know they just get caught up in crime stuff and it's funny oh my god it's so funny i love it when comedies are super violent and dark <laughs> it's so funny uh yeah it doesn't look that good <laughs> But, but like, what was like the funniest part though in that trailer? Uh, when like Jason Bateman got shot and he's like blood, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's connected to some like thing he talks about earlier in the movie where he's like, I really don't like to look at blood. But in the trailer, you see it without context, and you're just like, oh, that's kind of weird that well, he just yells no, blood. I disagree with that interpretation because okay. What we had seen up until that point was that Jason Bateman thought it's all like it's the game, right? It's not real. Mm-hmm. So I think of that as he's been shot, and for some reason he's not feeling the pain of being shot, and he's like, blood, like what an amazing effect, how realistic this game has gotten. Oh, that's interesting. You could be right. I don't know. I think, uh, I think we're going to end up seeing this movie. <laughs> we haven't gone and seen a comedy movie in theaters. Why this one? They don't make many months. comedies of this scale, and I don't know. That's a good or a bad thing. I feel like if this is the best they could do. I feel like there's a part where there's maybe like a dog with blood on it, and like they try to clean the dog, and it gets worse. Oh yeah, because yeah. big, big white puffy dog. That made me laugh. I'm not gonna lie, guys. See, John's already game. banking Look, laughs. I'm not gonna lie. There are like a couple parts from like that's not entirely unfunny. Like when that guy gets sucked up into the air flight, Rachel McAdams is like, "Oh, he died." <laughs> It's like, it, it could actually be funny. I just am like, I'm just not a fan of these kinds of comedy premises. Rachel McCann's has comedy chops, right? She was in like Mean Girls? She was yeah. in uh, Wedding Crashers. Who? Was she? Yeah. Who? Who was she in Wedding Crashers? She was like uh, Owen Wilson's love interest. Oh, okay. I don't remember her being funny at all. She probably wasn't. She was probably a complete straight person, but... <laughs> She was in a comedy. We're talking about Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Yeah, Mean Girls is a way better example. Why didn't why didn't, why didn't we stick with that? I was just trying to give another example <laughs> to build Sean's case. Yeah, because she certainly wasn't funny in about time. Pretty hilarious in 
no clue. Spotlight. Spotlight. <laughs> She's oh. like, oh my god. We're like, <laughs> she doesn't even know how bad it's gonna yeah. get. A lot of dramatic irony laughs. Yeah. All right, moving from one violent movie to another violent movie um, that might be funny, but probably not intentionally. Uh, my number seven pick, Mandy. This is a big hit at Sundance this year. Mandy is set in the primal wilderness of 1983 where Red Miller, a broken and haunted man, hunts an unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life. This movie is supposed to be super violent, super trippy, and it stars Nicolas Cage. Ugh. People are saying... It's got very good reviews. People are saying like this is finally the right balance of crazy that Nicolas Cage has needed in his career for so many years. I'm stoked, guys. Um, stoked kinda... to buy it on DVD at 7-Eleven <laughs> later this year. I mean, this is like... They, they, they found the mid-ground from This, this kind of sounds like this year's Bone Tomahawk, which is a movie that I don't think anyone had really like high expectations for, but then actually turned out to be pretty good and really gross. <laughs> As a Kurt Russell horror western. And this sounds very similar to that. And like I said, it did pretty well at Sundance. And uh, let's go right into John's crazy question. Is Nicolas Cage a good actor? <laughs> we don't have that kind of time, John. Just that question from that community episode. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think absolutely. Yeah. He just, like, even early in his career was going, like, way off the deep end because he just tries things like i saw this interview with him recently i think he was talking to kevin smith it was at sundance this year where he's saying like i i always want to be learning like i always want to try out something new and then learn from it and then try something new and learn from it because you can see like early in his career he did that movie uh like love bites or whatever that's where like that famous image of nicholas cage comes from where he's like he's got the weird face and he's like smiling i know what you're doing so right from the start he was crazy it's not like he started really good and then went bad he's always been like this so mm-hmm. I think it's just finding the right role for him and then him tapping into yeah, it yeah finding the right role for him I think he's in that special like group of actors that like have very like it's really material dependent I think Mark Wahlberg is another actor who's in this category <laughs> of like he could be good or he can be terrible it's entirely dependent on the material he's given I think that's a good point. The, then again, it's hard for me to think of the last time I saw Nicolas Cage as something worth seeing. I liked Joe. Do you guys remember Joe? That was yeah. like 18 years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was probably like five years ago. But he he, he, he does still have it, despite the, all the shitty straight-to-DVD movies to pay off his castle. He does. Um, uh, but yeah, excited for Mandy. Sean. Mine has a lady name too. It's Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Which is the new Richard Linklater movie. You hear about this, Colin? No, I haven't. It sounds I, mean, I had even I hadn't heard of that last flag flag movie until like a week before <laughs> it came out, so he's he's good at keeping me guessing. Um it's based on a Maria Semple book, which people like. Okay. I don't know much about it. I've seen the cover. Uh-huh. John seen the I used cover. I in a bookstore, mm-hmm. so I used to see that all the time. Uh, <laughs> it's like the the premise sounds a lot like uh, like Blue Jasmine, in that it's it's, like, it's Kate Blanchett playing this like judgy woman who hates society. Um, but I don't think she's actually supposed to be like the main character. I think I think it's supposed to be like her daughter, but I don't know who that is. It's hard to tell from the cast. Um, other people on the cast though, we got Billy Crudup, mm. MVP of 
listening forgot, to people figure out what the story is. <laughs> uh, Kristen Wiig's in it. Judy Greer, Larry Fishburne, James Urbaniak. You know, some fun guys, some fun dudes and ladies. Um, I just think a like sort of like comedy mystery sounds like something Richard Linklater could do well. Um, and I really liked Everybody Wants Some just a couple of years ago, so I'm ready to give him another shot. What do you think of the chances you'll see Last Flags Fine before this comes out, just so you're caught up in this career? Uh, abysmally low. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's on? What if they add it to Netflix? Still, very low. Very very. When does low this chance. come out? Um, right now, it is slated for May. Okay. He's a director I've always wanted to do a retrospect of on the blog, but I still haven't seen a few of his movies. His his latest one being one of them. But are you going to see your number seven? It seems doubtful, but like maybe it could be good. I'm not expecting it to be. It's Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. <laughs> the uh, once directed by Brian Singer movie about Queen. I guess in the in the seventies mm. and eighties. I think they've been incredibly vague on what yeah, it's actually I, about. I really don't know. So like, I I still go with the uh, the Sasha Baron Cohen thing, which I don't know, like how close it is to that. But, well, yeah, refresh. But when he was going to play Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. uh, and that movie fell apart, it was because the band Queen controls the rights to their story and Freddie Mercury's story, mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, so Freddie Mercury dies halfway through the movie and most of the story is actually about like how amazing it is that this band like kept going even with their front man <laughs> yeah dead i don't know just the synopsis on uh imdb says it's a chronicle leading up to live aid in 1985 maybe that's the compromise is like don't even do the death yeah maybe <laughs> Does anyone know anything about Queen that sounds like it'd be a good movie? No, it seems like it doesn't like it doesn't seem like Freddie Mercury is like that. It seems like like he was that flamboyant in his personal life. He was not life. very open seems about like, his personal life. Yeah, it seemed like he was he was very cagey uh, about his personal life, and I don't. I don't. I just don't know what the story is here, really. There's so many other bands that have like insane stories that like would make great movies. Actually, I just heard about something that's being made into a movie, and I'm so stoked. They're making a movie about Motley Crue. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah, I saw that. It was based on that mm-hmm. book, Dirt, which I've always kind of wanted to read. They did so. That that's like the most drug-addled band because it's not like because usually in those bands you have like the one guy who's like trying to keep focus. <laughs> No one was keeping focused in that band. It was a fucking train wreck. So that'll be good. Um, but yeah, Queen, like, for me, like I think of their past, and it seems pretty squeaky clean. I mean, yeah, I'm sure uh, Freddie Mercury probably uh, struggled you know, hiding his sexuality, and then, of course, later died from AIDS. But if they're not even doing that... Uh... And then you have the other thing of, like, its director was take it off the project midway in and then they hired another guy because that always leads to good things i'm looking at yeah and they got uh there's some guy no one's ever heard of dexter fletcher direct it yeah. but i'm looking at the production company and i noticed it says 20th century fox new in- regency gk films and queen films <laughs> what other movies does queen films make uh highlander sequels <laughs> new, new flash gordon yeah 
<sighs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> but they're, they're, I feel like they're more likely to do another Highlander than. I just can't wait for the trailer where they have the Flash Gordon theme, but it's all slow and dramatic. Flash. Sung by a children's choir. Oh, yeah, children's choir. That's a good approach to go with that one. That's so fucking sweet. Nancy, you ever watch Flash Gordon? Uh, like old, old, old Flash Gordon? Yeah. No. I feel like as a Star Wars fan, you might appreciate some of the things about it. Like that it has Porkins in it. <laughs> Acting. Acting his ass off. And that's a huge ass. I mean that takes a lot of acting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number six. My number six is another movie that was popular at Sundance this year. It's a scary movie called Hereditary. Don't have a lot on it. I'll give you the plot. The Graham family starts to unravel following the death of their reclusive grandmother. Even after she's gone, the matriarch still casts a dark shadow over the family especially her loner teenage granddaughter. This keeps going. That's good. We're good. <laughs> and this stars um, Tony Collette uh, from, you know, from The Sixth Sense and Gabriel Byrne from the 90s. Mm. Um, and it sounds like it's... People are saying it's so scary, you'll, you'll poop to pants, okay? <laughs> You're going to poop them. You're pooped to pants. <laughs> poop to poop to pants. People are saying this is fucking terrifying. And mm. I'm so stoked. It's coming out June... Um, it's someone's directorial debut, some guy. Um, John's crazy question is, what's the scariest movie you guys have ever seen in a movie theater? I would love to know. The Happening. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. And what was so scary about The Happening, Sean? Um, I, I couldn't tell you. I had to cover my eyes the whole time. <laughs> what are you calling? You ever seen a scary movie in theaters? I feel like I haven't. I mean, I saw Get Out, but I, like, I just don't. I don't know if I see horror movies in theaters that often. Yeah, uh, to be more serious, we were talking about It Follows earlier, and mm. It Follows was is. It's not you know, it doesn't get you like that that mm. much. But that was definitely like we got out of the theater and it was like midnight, mm-hmm. and you're like walking down the street, and just because of what It Follows is, you you feel kind of insecure. <laughs> that was yeah. That's definitely one that follows you. <laughs> I, I agree. That one's very scary. Mine's actually kind of lame. It's uh, probably the most scared I was ever while watching a movie was, do you guys remember The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like five, four or five years ago. It was really scary. You know, it just seemed like some guy going to some old house that he's got to like sell and some woman like died there. But then like she's like super scary ghost. And another scary thing about the movie is it was like on this weird little like island where like every night the water around it would like like there would be no water in the day like the tide would be down you could walk across but then by night you couldn't so he'd be trapped there at night mm-hmm. i thought that like added extra spooks extra spooks well you nancy have you ever seen a movie that really spooked you i'm trying to think uh i mean i i saw like one of those saw movies in theaters <laughs> the strangers like, maybe what was that <laughs> I, you reviewed it on our blog <laughs> It's like it's like three people with like masks and they're like torturing Liv Tyler and her husband in like their hotel. There's a sequel coming out mm-hmm. this year. There's a sequel coming out this year. It's just it's very generic. Strangers. A very vaguely. Did we see that in like Ellensburg or something? I mean, you saw it. I didn't see it with you. Uh, I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember. <laughs> Colin, do you remember the scariest movie Nancy's ever seen? Because you remember his life. Um, I just like saw like I hate. That kind of movie, so it wasn't necessarily <laughs> scary. I just hated it. 
Remember my review? Yeah, it was just it just said fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, fuck that's that that's an acceptable answer. And Colin, you just don't see scary movies. Yeah, you're apparently. gonna have to go see Hereditary and go poop your pants. Okay, poop your pants. Poop the pants. pants. Poop poop the pants. <laughs> that's like a good day for a musician. Poop no, it's pants. not. That's a terrible. <laughs> uh, Sean, will your number six make you poop to pants? No, it's not going to. Although it's pro- it comes from a pretty shit covered time in world history, um, set in the 1300s. It's Outlaw King, the first in a proposed trilogy about Scottish war hero Robert the Bruce. I know nothing of you that you speak of. Continue. <laughs> He's going to be played by Chris Pine in this film directed by uh, David McKenzie, the Hell or High Water guy. Mm. Um, and it sounds very Braveheart. It's like we got a tiny Scottish army versus like a huge English army. And we're using scrappy tactics to kick the ass. Kick the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that the recurring joke of the podcast? <laughs> I just wanted to get in on that. Um... It's um, a pretty safe bet because it's a Netflix movie. So it'll just be distributed by Netflix in November. And uh, it's supposed to be the first in a trilogy of films. So that'll be cool. Three parts about kicking the ass. <laughs> I'm trying to think how many times they've announced that something that was like new to everyone is going to be a trilogy. How many times they actually managed to make more. I feel like it never works out. But if it's for Netflix... Maybe, maybe it's not as expensive, or I don't know. That's that's definitely an interesting one. I don't know if it's a safe bet. Does that sound like a safe bet to you, Colin? Not really. <laughs> Robert the Bruce. <laughs> I've never heard of Robert. What the, is Robert that? Robert the Bruce. <laughs> Robert the Bruce. Did decide on his name. There's like you're more like a Bruce. Hey, come on, it's Chris Pine. He, he kicks ass in the past. <laughs> I like how that sounds. He kicks ass. In That'd the be a good tagline. I just can't wait to hear your Scottish accent. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, maybe that'll be good. Colin, will your, uh, your next movie be good? I mean, maybe it's possible. <laughs> I, always, I always feel hard to ask that question when my conceit is that these are bad movies. <laughs> um, I've more, like, watched the trailer to this movie, and I was like, this is weird. I more would like to hear you guys explain to me what it is. It's Alita Battle Angel. Movie for the waifu crowd. Yeah, uh, so you need, you need me to explain. Yeah, what the hell is it? It looks weird, <laughs> and she looks weird. The trailer is certainly making it look a little weirder than I think it's supposed to be. So it was a manga and an anime series, but it's about a scientist guy who I think in this movie is being played by Christoph Waltz, mm-hmm. who uh, finds a robot at the dump, and it has like a gives it like a very human mind or it has a very human mind and she like wants to be human kind of like a Pinocchio type thing but she like fucking kicks ass Hmm. and I think she becomes like a bounty hunter but then also there's like this weird sport that apparently is going to be a big part of the movie that's also in the manga that's like it's got some crazy name like some sort of it's not murder ball because that's a real thing (laughs) but it's like it's something like that like a roller girl or type like just in super violent sport. Kind of sounds like like Blood Ball, that movie you pitched once, Sean. <laughs> like, that's a big part of it. And there's just, like, hella robot battles. Okay. 
And but for some reason they decided to give the actress I want to say her name is Rosa Salazar anime eyes, but no one else has that. Is she like is that a real person and they just gave her big eyes? She or is it a CG person? It's a I real can't person who wore like tracking dots and green stuff. They so like put it over real. It's like motion capture. Mm. It's like Andy Circus style. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> but the thing I think is interesting about it, um, Rob Rodriguez is directing it, which isn't necessarily a, a good thing, especially nah. in this right now where we are but script co-written by james cameron you guys yeah. when's the last time james cameron did anything bad with his name on it uh terminator genesis <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll, fair enough i'll take that because he was like i think they finally got it with this one <laughs> but for the most part he's got a good track record and the fact that he actually like put his laser pen to laser paper because I assume he uses futuristic technology for everything he does like he put some time into this it wasn't just like he's producing it and endorsing it he has a script because this is a movie he wanted to make for a really long time until Mm. he decided he was going to make 10 Avatar movies in a row so I think that'll be interesting to see his influence on it and I thought the robots and it looked pretty cool you got Ed's screen with like human face and all weird robot body I like the look of that. I think it looks crazy. Yeah, but how can you... The look of the main character is the most unappealing thing I've ever seen. It's incredibly distracting. <laughs> I find it interesting. It doesn't, it doesn't freak me out as much as some other people, but I get it. I think the bigger mistake is this movie's rated PG-13. Hmm. And that manga is so violent. There's a robot, a big robot that goes around. His whole thing is just ripping out brains and eating them. So, Ooh. I mean, I guess the one plus, this is kind of the, like... What they did on the original Samurai Jack is like when they're robots, you can be super violent because there's not a lot of blood. So I guess that'll make up for it, but really should have been R. I'm kind of interested though. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, back to me. What's it? your number five? My number five is Psychokinesis. This is a South Korean movie. A father sets out to save his troubled daughter with superpowers that he discovers he possesses. I picked this because it is written and directed by Sang Ho Yun, who did Train to Busan, which was on my top 10 films list of 2016. And that was just like a really good kind of action thriller movie. The character's really good. Like the, there's a a good uh, father-child relationship in that movie. And this sounds like it's playing for the same dynamic. So he's already proven well at that uh, aspect. And it's coming to Netflix, easy. Like, that's perfect for a movie from South Korea. Like, how else would I see this? You know? It's, it's not like it's going to get, like, a theatrical release, really. So Netflix is the perfect place for it to come out. Um, so this goes to John's crazy question. So, guys, this is going to be on Netflix. If this gets good reviews, do you think any of you will actually see it? Yeah. Maybe. I saw Okja. <laughs> you did? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you, did you guys see Train to Busan, though? No. You should. It didn't come to Netflix until well after the it year. It was well after. Uh, but it's basically World War Z if it was good. <laughs> it, it feels similar, but it's actually really good and really thrilling and exciting. And, you know, I'm excited. This director, he hasn't made a lot of movies. He's only This is only his second live-action movie. He used to do animated movies. Um, but he's, I mean, I like that. He's fresh, young talent. You know, he's straight out of the gates. So... Uh, I'm excited to see what he what he'll do with this, and uh, it kind of sounds like Chronicle, but like, but like better. <laughs> but Chronicle's good, so cool beans. Sean, number five. 
Well, speaking of cool beans, this sounds to me like the coolest movie that's coming out this year. It's called Widows. It's a new Steve McQueen movie written by him and uh, Gillian Flynn, the Gone Girl, Gone Girl like her. woman, author. Um, and it's based on a 1980s British TV show about these four bank robbers who are killed during a heist. And so their four wives get together and decide to, like, finish the crimes. For some reason, when I hear it was an 80s TV show, I just imagine it was Golden Girls, but with, like, them (laughs) doing crimes. (laughs) Which I didn't know is something I needed in my life until Uh, now. Yeah. Let's just just go with that. Imagine it's Golden Girls, they're doing the crimes, and it's, like, Viola Davis. Because... That's the only one I'm pretty sure is one of the widows. Okay, the other <laughs> ones are Elizabeth Debicki. Who, I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh, and Cynthia Erivo. Don't know who that is either. Mm. I guess she's a musician. Okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking the guys that die are Colin Farrell, Liam Neeson, and Robert Duvall. So, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. This is like a like a late November release too, right? Oh yeah, pretty late. It sounds like they're this is an Sean Oscar-y. birthday release. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, Steve McQueen has a pretty good track record. It sounds like this might be like an Oscar release time movie. So, but since November, I, it probably has a wider appeal. So maybe there's some action elements or thriller elements to it as well. It's definitely a heist film. Yeah, I'll be interesting to see what kind of Tony goes with because it is like dealing with death and grief and like i feel like all his movies are super depressing and kind of just wallow in misery so i don't know if that'll be like an element and like how that will uh, i don't know mix with it with the heist elements too so are people in the cast john bernthal uh andre holland another great great cast carrie coon from the leftovers in fargo sounds good and Gone Girl. Who's she Gone Girl? Ben Affleck's sister. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. I think there's a Gillian Flynn uh, miniseries coming to HBO this summer, too. <gasps> it's going to be a good year for her, based off her one thing that hasn't gotten an adaptation yet. <laughs> uh, Colin, is your next pick an adaptation of a great book? <laughs> <laughs> it is an adaptation. I can't speak for the quality of the book. I'm going to go with no, it's not. <laughs> It's uh, Fifty Shades Freed. (laughs) uh, This is just like an obligatory for my unanticipated movies list. I'm pretty sure I put the first two on list. It's it's just a thing that comes out every year and like no one cares about it. Like I assume women take their boyfriends or husbands to see it and they don't want to. And I don't even know if like... (laughs) the women who go to see it really want to see it it's just a thing that's out there in in the uh, collective <laughs> culture i don't know why it seems like these books were relevant so long ago but these movies are still chugging along even though i feel like the actors didn't really want to do them after <laughs> completing the first one they just you gotta finish it you they, gotta finish exactly. it the last one's not two I, I don't think so. Is this the last one? I'm not even sure. I think so. I would hope so. I think it is. I think it's only three. Yeah. 
But yeah, I don't know who watches these. these are, are these just for the worst people? I think they are for the worst people. I remember, I have this distinct memory. Uh, this is around the time that Autumn graduated from Central. And we're coming back from the bars. And I drove home like four dr- really, really drunk people I didn't even know. And there was this girl who's like, let's go watch Fifty Shades of Grey. And then like her boyfriend was like, let's watch Super Troopers. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. This is the, this is the two <laughs> douchiest movies you could possibly like, and I'm stuck in the middle of this. So, you know, there's just terrible people out there. That's why these movies get made. I guess. To be fair, Super Troopers is just a stoner comedy. It's not. <laughs> it's probably a lot better. Dude, dude, we're getting a new Super Troopers. I this know. Year. I, th- I thought about putting it on the list, but I just felt like I don't know enough. That's super but do you troopers know when it comes out? To hate it. Um, I'm just going to, going off the top of my head, just going to guess 420. It does come out of 420. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> 420 is a Friday this year, and it seems like everything's coming out. It's so much. It's going to be so wasted. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, I saw the trailer to this at Lady Bird, mm. this movie, yeah. and I have no idea what it's about. I saw the Space Needle is in it, so oh, it's still... I can tell you exactly what it's about. Okay. <laughs> that um, so... Christian Grey and Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. Have become married. And now she is rich and powerful and she like runs her own business. And they have kinky sex sometimes. Nice. And some guy from her past is like, I miss you, girl. So I'm gonna torture you <laughs> intellectually, oh. psychologically. Okay. Um, and so it's her adapting to her new life as a wealthy wife, and also like settling her past feuds. And like, I think there's also like she doesn't like getting like whipped as much anymore because she's like, I'm your wife, Christian Grey. We're equals now. She does the whipping. <laughs> Maybe she does some of the whipping. Equal whipping. Yeah. 50-50. Is that all in the, that all in the trailer? Or Oh, yeah. I guess it I just is. wasn't paying yeah. attention. I just I, I see that. I immediately roll the head back. I go back. <laughs> Ugh. Start Don't about pay attention. Duds. Eat my popcorn. I just... I My brain leaves my body. <laughs> It's like it's like when you see like in movies when like your spirit leaves your body and you're like looking at your body. That's what happens when that trailer comes on. So yeah. I just I don't I didn't remember any of that. Hmm. Um, what about you, Nancy? You pretty stoked for this? I know you're a big fan of the franchise. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. Do you guys know about that book that came out like two years ago called just called Gray? No. Yeah, but only because I'm looking at the Fifty Shades of Grey Wikipedia right so, now. So, yeah, they made a uh, a book that's the first book, again, from Christian Grey's perspective. Ah. Are they going to make that, that, too? That's what I'm wondering. Is it fan fiction? No. Well, <laughs> well that's... <laughs> that opens up a whole other Yeah, can you, know about, you know about the backstory of Fifty Shades of Grey, right, Nancy? Sure, sure. That it's, it's Twilight fan fiction? No, this is by the author. It was a big hit. It uh, uh, came out when I was working at Barnes & Noble, Grey. Lots of people bought it. What if they end up making like a Rashomon style, like the same story from different points of view, and it's be- like a brilliant, beautiful story about sexuality uh, for the 21st century? Like, what if that's where we're heading with this? 
That's a good thing, but what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's the same thing ever. Is there any other character's point of view that it could be? Like a butler or something? Uh, I think Kim Basinger's like in the second one or something. <laughs> She's just, like uh, I was just gonna say she. Uh, I think she like rapes uh, the main guy. They have some sort of relationship, something dark. Uh, you're saying anything? Darker. I'm just really more of a uh, Fifty Shades of Black kind of guy. <laughs> We're not getting as many parody movies these days, guys. No. I did hear. I don't know if it's. Well, I like how th- I like how that is the one that we got. That's like <laughs> one of the more recent ones. I don't know if it's coming out this year, but I know that Friedberg and Selzer are doing their um, are doing a Star Wars parody movie. Mm. Let me see if I can look. I want to see if that's coming out this year. Unless I'm not spoiling it. Is it on your list, Colin? I've never heard of this. Okay. Um, it has a title, I believe. It's probably gonna be like straight to on demand. I don't think those yeah. guys can still get theatrical releases anymore because their last one, super fast, uh, was not in theaters. Yeah, the Freeberg and Seltzer, it, has, it doesn't have a date, um, it doesn't have a cast, but it has a title. Their next movie is called Star Worlds Episode XXIVE Equals MC Squared, colon, nice. the, the Force Awakens the Last Jedi Who Went Rogue. Uh, those uh, are like, kind of like the names. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> From the dudes behind Meet the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Comes a brand new Hollywood blockbuster, dot dot dot, with plastic swords. This is so unfunny that the room has just fallen silent and cold. I feel like I've brought down the whole room. Yeah, let's. Uh, I want to quit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your number four, John. My number four is an A24 movie, I think. I'm pretty sure this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much about it. It's called Slice. It's a horror comedy, I think. When a pizza delivery driver is murdered on the job, the city searches for someone to blame. Ghosts, drug dealers, or a disgraced werewolf. And this movie stars Chance the Rapper. Hmm. Now, you may be thinking, Chance the Rapper? Actor? But he was on SNL this year, and he was very good. So I am excited. I don't know much about this. The fact that it's A24 is really intriguing, because they don't do a lot of, like... I don't think they don't do, like, a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that it's... Called Slice and is a horror movie about a pizza driver. It reminds me of that pitching Ted's Paul pitched, yeah, Paul pitched a movie once called Slicers. <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti was a disgraced pizza man who was kind of like cut out from the rest of the pizza community. So he started like killing people and making them into pizzas. But his, I feel like his main thing was taking their testicles and putting them on pizzas, and they're called like Tasty Balls or something. And I remember like. There's like a part where it's got Patton Oswalt and Jeff Goldblum as brothers. And I want to say Jeff Goldblum is like a food critic. And at one part, he like kills Jeff Goldblum. And then Patton Oswalt comes over and he gives him a slice of pizza. It has a, a pair of glasses on it. So he's like, it's my brother. Does he eat yeah. it anyway? I don't remember uh, I how far we got with that. But Slicers. Yeah, but this is Slice. Uh, I don't think there's really any promotional material. I think there, there was a trailer, but it's like... It's just a weird, like, animated thing of a guy um, in profile, like a little animated silhouette of a guy, like on a uh, scooter, I guess, delivering pizza or something. To da 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 da. It's like coming soon, but it doesn't really tell you anything about the movie. But yeah, that sounds just weird enough to work. And uh, John's crazy question: Who is another performer not known for acting who you saw on a TV show or a movie that you were impressed by? 
maybe someone who was an athlete or a country singer, a musician. Probably, probably LeBron. Maybe. What was Le- what? Did, oh, uh, he was in. Uh, what was he in? What was LeBron in? Uh, that one movie. Is it that what is train wreck? Train wreck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He like down that. Pretty good. Oh, he's pretty, pretty good. good. Um, John, John Cena was also pretty good in there. John Cena's great. In he's that. carving out an acting career. He was in Ferdinand the Bull. Daddy's he's that. He's in that movie about uh, not wanting your kids to have sex. That's true. He is in that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> he's a, I can't remember what that's called. I uh, saw a trailer for it. I think mine is probably Tim McGraw, who I've seen in a handful of things, who's a surprisingly very good actor. I feel like I saw him in something where he's playing a real asshole. What was that? What was he a real asshole? He was in The Blind Side, but he wasn't a real asshole on that. And he was also in that terrible Christmas movie we saw. These, are, these aren't the best examples so far. I know I saw him in something where I was like, wow, that's Tim McGraw? I feel like country singers are usually surprisingly good actors, like Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. I feel like he's a better actor than he is a country singer. <laughs> uh, Colin, do you have one? Uh, the only one I can think of is because we just started watching American Crime Story. Ricky Martin's not bad on it. Yeah, Ricky Martin's pretty good. Though. Yeah, I like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Airplane. Oh yeah. And uh, O.J. Simpson is wonderful. Yep. Oh, and I remember the Tim McGraw thing is he's uh, he's in the film version of Friday Night Lights and he's really good in that. So. Right. He plays whoever the Taylor Kitsch version of Taylor Kitsch is in the movie. Garrett Hedlund. That was a very confusing sentence. We can move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, you're number four. Mine is If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm. It's a James Baldwin book being adapted into a film by Barry Jenkins. Another Moonlight guy, <laughs> kind of the Moonlight guy. Um, this is he had actually done this script before Moonlight. It was kind of the the one he wanted to make, and turns out if you like win an Academy, that was Best Picture, right? It Moonlight. was. Yeah. <laughs> if you can remember, um, you get to kind of do that project you want to do, and so uh, he's making this adaptation. Hopefully for this year. I don't see a release date on the internet yet. Um, It'd be like December twenty third, probably. <laughs> the the James Baldwin book is about um, uh, sort of like a Romeo and Juliet situation. It sounds like where these two people are a couple and they're deeply in love, but their families don't get along. Um, uh, but then one of them is arrested, and so uh, it's up to the community to like rally together and get this guy. Uh, proven innocent and out of jail because he's he is innocent and uh, supposedly it's it's like kind of cynical but also optimistic because it's like a story about how everything's bullshit but also a community can rally together uh, which sounds very James Baldwin um, and, and you know I love that James Baldwin documentary that came out last year yeah, I think so. the, the more everything's bullshit sounds more like James Walton. <laughs> yeah, there's some hope in his stuff, usually. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, my <laughs> number four... Yeah, you're right. ...is uh, Rampage. <laughs> Rampage. You guys psyched for this? <laughs> Super psyched. They took, they, they took an idea that could have been funny and took it 
It's so serious. <laughs> it has the world is a vampire. <laughs> wait, wait, Nancy, do you know about this? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> How could you not? It's, so let's, uh, let's remind insane. ourselves what Rampage was to begin with. It was an arcade game where you played as like a giant ape, a giant reptile, and a giant wolf creature, and you destroyed cities and ate people. And it was just it was funny and goofy. Now, what's this movie? It's like that Godzilla reboot, but with a giant ape and a giant... Uh, it's like the same animals, I think. Yeah, it's got that giant wolf, but he just looks like a big wolf who doesn't stand on he his hind legs. In the most recent trailer. They have a new one where it's like, he's like... That's he's like, of ape. course he can fly. That's fucked. Instead of a giant Godzilla-looking lizard, it seems like it's a giant crocodile. Yeah, who just bursts out of the ocean. I wonder how early on they're gonna like team up, or even if they are gonna team up, or if they're gonna like f- be fighting each other. I don't know. Yeah, because it seems like the plot is um, there's this albino gorilla that The Rock is deeply in love in because he's the only animal that's as strong as he is. Um, <laughs> he's <his> equal. Yes. <laughs> and it gets shot by the military to become super big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the hot, and then they fight in the city, and the rock flies around in a helicopter the rest of the time because it's by the San Andreas guy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loves helicopters. <laughs> yeah, there's Fast Seven where he uses a helicopter gun to shoot down another helicopter. So it's also a love hate relationship <laughs> with helicopters. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I hate the tone. It seems like they're trying to do like a. Rise to the plane of the apes type thing where it's like I have a really emotional connection to this animal, but it's like it's gonna go things are gonna go to shit. That's the other thing you and I were talking about was like is it is ape technology just like really good right now? Because they're really emphasizing the ape in this. <laughs> yeah. We had that Kong Skull Island, the War of the Planet of the Apes movies. Like it's like, Apes are in. It's just like really I'm telling you, it's not even apes are in, it's just like Somebody wrote like a really good program that makes good looking apes, <laughs> and everybody's using it. Yeah, maybe. I do hold out hope that The Rock will take some sort of serum that makes him become gigantic, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll fight all of oh them. Oh my god! I really just want someone to reach into a building and, and pull someone out and then eat them. <laughs> I feel like it's gotta happen. But there's only it's so many happen. things. There's only so many things to take from that game. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna take yeah. one thing, at least take the thing that like most of us do when we actually play it. Yeah. <laughs> you think is that a thing that happens where you like jump on top of the building yeah, a bunch yeah. and then it falls down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope Hopefully they'll do that. <laughs> I just remember at the end of one of those games. You, there's a, a guy who decides to like turn himself into a monster, and then you fight him in the last mm. level of the game. So maybe that could be the Rock. I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's the bad guy too, so maybe he'll take some sort of serum no. and turn into a giant monster. Now, how do they turn a monsters? I thought it was a meteorite or something. I don't remember. I don't know if they were super <laughs> clear on it. Uh, so that's weird. It's also weird. That's like, how is it specifically three animals only? And those don't even seem like animals that would be close to each other. A, a wolf, a crocodile, and a... I guess we'll find out. I'm sure they have it all. <laughs> they know what to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, back to me, I guess, right? Okay, yep. so... Another movie about nostalgia, but in a different way, is my number three pick, Mid-90s. This is the story of a boy growing up in Los Angeles in the 90s. It is written and directed by Jonah Hill. This is an A24 movie. 
Um, it stars the kid from Killing the Sacred Deer, and it also has Catherine Watterson as the main kid's mom, and it has Lucas Hedges, who was in Three Billboards and Lady Bird last year. And it's interesting to see Joan Hill make his debut, and also to make it like a coming-of-age drama and not like something super silly. But... I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued, and I know he's a big fan of skitter culture because I remember I saw that documentary. What was it called? Dumb about Big Brother magazine, and he was like the only celebrity that was like in that, <laughs> like talking about how much he loved like skateboarding in the '90s and all that stuff. Even though he's like the last person I could imagine skateboarding. <laughs> so it sounds like it's it's going for like a more serious tone, but it's also going to tackle like that subculture, and it being a two four intrigues me. Um, being said in the '90s, that'll be fun. Uh, so that um, leads me to my crazy question. Do you guys ever feel nostalgic for the 90s? Not anymore, no. Fuck it. What do you mean not anymore? There was a time? Ready Player One ruined everything nostalgic. <laughs> ruined everything nostalgic. <laughs> Calm? I don't feel like I do just because I was a kid and like most of the stuff I liked in the 90s was stupid kid shit. And like, <laughs> I do like enjoying returning to the 90s to find like movies and music that I wasn't cool enough to listen to back then but that's not really nostalgia that's just discovering stuff so i mean i'm gonna go with no not really <laughs> i mean i uh sent colin a uh youtube video <laughs> this week that was getting me pretty nostalgic and i've been on a nostalgic trip not 90s particular but like i get nostalgic for th- I guess Colin said shitty kid things. But, like, <laughs> this, this week I've been all about just the watching skateboard videos on YouTube. I'm like, man, I, skateboarding was fun. That yeah. was awesome. That's like what this movie is, right? Skateboarding is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, there was this video. I don't know if you guys ever watched it, but it was called The Search for Animal Chin. Yeah, and it was a bonus video. It was like an old Tony Hawk. Like It was like the first skateboarding movie. And yeah, it was like, like an actual movie with stuff. a story, and it was horrible, but <laughs> hilarious. Like, you know, Tony Hawk and all the other guys were like, whoa, dude. You know? But they, Tony Hawk, with his billions of dollars, like, rebuilt the ramp, uh, like, recently that from the movie, because it was mm-hmm. destroyed, like, immediately. And so, like, all the guys, they're all, like, 50 years old. They were all skating the ramp. It's pretty sweet. That was amazing. They're, they're still, like, super yeah, good. Yeah, they're still, like, amazing. I just assumed, like, it's impossible, like, your body will break once you turn 40 and try to get on a skateboard. But, like, yeah. Yeah, Tony Hawk did 900, like, two years ago. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and uh, to answer my own question, I am not, not too nostalgic for the 90s. I miss the snacks, though. I miss Dunkaroos, guys. <laughs> I miss them a lot. You know Spider-Man what's, cereal. You know what's done it for me is like recently we've had like two seasons of American Crime Story that were like very like the nineties sucked. Mm-hmm. And also like I Tanya was also super like the nineties sucked for me at least. Like this is just a bad time. Because everybody thought things were so great. <laughs> just a big lie. It's like yeah, I love Frasier, but <laughs> pack of lies like your next film it's not real no no 
A lot of people say that this is a lie, but it's not. I'm going on the record. This really happened because my next pick is First Man, the story of <laughs> Neil Armstrong landing and walking on the moon. Uh, it's directed by uh, Damien Chazelle. Not at all who, related to Moonlight. Who almost won Moonlight's Oscar. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's supposed to follow Neil Armstrong basically through the whole 1960s. He's playing, uh, played by Ryan Gosling. Which you say not, he's probably played by? He is. <laughs> <but I> just, <laughs> which, you know, it's not, it's not the best casting, but it's not the worst. Even Ryan Gosling's been good in movies lately. Mm-hmm. So why not? Why not let him be an astronaut? Uh, but also, <laughs> NASA is like the coolest thing America's ever done, and putting a man on the moon is the greatest achievement in all of human history. And nobody seems to give a shit anymore. <laughs> so maybe, maybe this will restart the space craze. But I doubt it. I'm sure people will be like, "Why are we wasting our time and money on space? Earth first. Earth." Or it'll mostly be like, "Oh, this is all fake." <laughs> or, or that. And the world is flat. Yeah, let's eat more Tide Pods. <laughs> Nancy, how do you like space movies that aren't based oh, on lasers? Lasers, lasers, I love lasers. <laughs> you mean like uh, Moonraker? Like Moonraker, yeah. <laughs> I pretty much only like Moonraker, it's like the only thing I like. <laughs> oh. Hold up, my cat is like fucking around. What are the other realistic spaces? You have Apollo 13. The right stuff. The right stuff. Oh, oh that's really good. Does this have any singing and dancing? Well, we can only hope because it's got some great singing and dancing actors like Corey Stoll, Kyle Chandler, oh, yeah. Shea Wiggum. Is Corey Stoll Buzz Aldrin? Corey Stoll is Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, He's man, got that, that ball head. And a top hat and does a little dance on the moon. <laughs> the moonwalk. No, I'm, I'm all about. I'm all about space movies. You know, minus lasers. Yeah, I'm, I'm all bad. Like with so lasers I, are great I, I too, ha- obviously. Obviously, obviously, obviously. But uh, my one thing that my biggest, I keep, uh, I think they took it off Netflix, so I missed it. But I still haven't seen the right stuff. It's I'm good. What I, what I need to see. But, it's long. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm all. I'm really. I'm really about watching like uh, space documentaries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, like I watched like, I don't know, they came out with some. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a big, you know, about going to the moon. It was like a six-part thing, like in 2010 or so. Okay, oh, yeah, that's that more recent than I would have guessed. That sounds familiar. It was, it was a big deal, and it was like, it was, because yeah, like that? back then I was always like one of my top Google searches was like. Uh, moon HD photos. <laughs> oh, if you're into that, there's this great documentary called For All Mankind. I'm guessing you've maybe seen that, it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that. Yeah, it's yeah. Really a beautiful film. It's just uh, footage shot by NASA on the moon missions, edited together with astronauts talking about how it feels to be in space. I <laughs> know oh, it's fucking sweet. <laughs> I want to go to space. He's even actually going to use Stanley Kubrick to set. Oh, I'm just kidding. You I, don't made be- it. I don't believe that, listeners. He did it all. <laughs> Greatest feat in the what history. Would it have been good for your film, Colin, to direct? What? Would Stanley Kubrick be a good choice to direct your next film? 
I don't think so. I don't think he would even know what to do with it. Uh, my number three is the movie Sean was trying to remember the title of earlier. It is Blockers. Oh, no! Starring John Cena <laughs> and Of course Bain. it's called Blockers. I didn't yeah. want to talk too much about it because I felt like it was going to be on your list. Oh, yeah. It uh, has an astonishingly bad trailer. I just remember we, we were, I think we were seeing Disaster Artist, and we saw the trailer to Game Night, and we are like, wow, that's bad. And then we saw the trailer to Blockers, and we're like, that makes Game Night look like Citizen Game. <laughs> it is so unbelievably creepy and horrible. It's not funny at all. It's the most disturbing premise ever, where they're like spying on their kids' text thread somehow, and they keep texting the fucking eggplant emoji. And they're like, we gotta make our kids not have sex, which is just creepy and weird. So it's like, what? You just don't understand. <laughs> you just don't understand what it's like to be a parent in 2018. It's like, ugh, what do these emojis mean? And who was it? I know, I remember it's John Cena. Who are the other two parents? Leslie Mann, I think, was his wife. Ike Barinholtz was the other dad. And oh my gosh, someone like else. C grade here. <laughs> Ike Barinholtz? It just looks fucking creepy and weird, and you know they wanted to call it cock blockers, but they can't, so it's just blockers. But the poster still has like a silhouette of a chicken, so what? they they got as close as they possibly could. Wait, 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 wait! You're telling me there's a silhouette of a chicken right next to the word blockers? Like it's very. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a silhouette of a chicken on top of the word blockers. Yeah, so they knew what they wanted. Nancy, explain to me why I just don't understand. You're not a parent in 2018. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, what piece of shit? What? Can you remember anything specifically from the trailer? Yeah, when the kid like dares John Cena to do like a butt chug. If, I don't even know if that's a thing, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like yeah. it's in this movie where he's like chugging beer up his butt. And then, like, the cops come, and he, like, shoots a bunch of beer out of his butt onto Ike Bernholtz's face. It's revolting. And, uh, but, like, really funny, right? Maybe that's, like, someone's, like, just, like, really turns them on. So they went to the trouble of, like, writing this whole movie just so they could have that for the old spank bang. Can we call the movie Butt Chug? (laughs) What are are we going to film the Butt Chug scene, guys? We done it yet? Yeah. We did it a couple times. Did we get the strongest man on earth for the butt chug? Can I see those dailies in the butt chug? Can you send me some set photos? It's fucking disgusting. Oh my god. This doesn't seem like a movie had come out now. It seems like a movie had come out like way longer ago too. It's like 2005. Yeah. Because like comics just don't do well anymore. Especially ones that have like no one in it. I mean I guess John Cena. Mm-hmm. Who I feel like we talked about... We talked about earlier, like, is showing promise as an actor, but this isn't the right way to, you know, continue that. So. He's getting old. He's got full-grown kids. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, though, I've learned now that with, like, Dwayne Johnson, like, you can become, like, the world's biggest star, like, once you turn 50. You, you can start it later. So John Cena can still... Is The Rock 50 years old? He's, he's probably close, right? Let's find out. Dwayne Johnson is... No, he's not. He's forty-five, but he's no—he's no spring chicken. How old do you think John Cena is? I looked that up too. Forty. Five years is the biggest star in the world. 
but not because of this. I wish I could find a transition to my next movie, but there's no possible way. It's not. There are never two movies that will ever be described <laughs> next to each other, ever. What um, is it? My number two is a movie that I feel like is most likely not to come out because it's a very top secret project, very under wraps. No one knows who's in it. All I know is it is being filmed in the Caribbean. I got a name for you guys. Ben Zeitlin. Oh. Ben Zeitlin's latest movie is called Wendy, and the premise is a young girl is kidnapped and taken to a hidden ecosystem where a tribal war is raging over a form of pollen that breaks the relationship between aging and time. That sounds crazy. That sounds a lot like his last movie where it's like, it's going to be kind of like real, but also like a weird fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. I and The fact that he's filming in the Caribbean makes it sound like it's going to be like super exotic. Like that sounds so cool. But he's been super top secret about it. He's been filming it since 2015. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really sure when it's coming out. It's supposed to come out this year, but it may not. Um, hopefully there'll be some more info on that soon. I guess I'll just go right into my question. Does it seem like people don't talk about Beasts of Southern Wild anymore, or is it just me? Like It does seem like it, but I don't know if it was ever like that big of a movie. I mean, it was just it was, a little. It was, it was just though. a Sundance like breakout hit, and uh, well, but if you ever Ben Zeitlin got nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. Oh, did he? Yeah, I guess the it did. Girl get got some, to be Annie. Yeah, that's true. It got Oscar nominations and stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it is just because he hasn't done anything since that must be it right but he hasn't I, made a movie in five years so yeah i like that movie a lot and he just kind of came out of nowhere and it sounds like he's gonna do another movie that comes out of nowhere which i think is the right um path for his unique kind of storytelling so mm-hmm. super stoked i just really hope it comes out it seems like right now there's like a 50 50 chance it will or will not come out i don't know yeah but i am excited for wendy sean you're number two Number two is Wes Anderson's latest animated joint Isle of Dogs set in a horrible dystopia future in which canine flu has forced all of Japan to quarantine its dogs on a trash island. Um, A a little boy goes uh, searching for his dog on this island and he ends up teaming up with a a group of like alpha dogs. that aren't going to help him find his dog. And then, of course, like the authorities are after him. Um, sounds like a wonderful children's film. And I like Fantastic Mr. Fox and everything Wes Anderson's ever made. So, I'm like, of course, I'm looking it. has to this. literally everyone in it. It has the whole... The, <laughs> should I just read the list? Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, Bob Balaban, F. Murray Abraham, Greta Gerwig, Francis McDormand, Courtney B. Vance... Fisher Stevens, uh, Harvey Keitel, Leif Schreiber, Scarlett Johansson, Tilda Swinton, Ken Watanabe, and a bunch of Japanese people. And Yoko Ono. I don't know if you got it. And Yoko Ono at the very end of the list. (laughs) So everybody, you know it's going to have a great soundtrack. I don't know if I'm like into it being animated, but you probably need to tell this story animated. <laughs> About talking dogs. <laughs> I like that, that like all the dogs are alpha dogs and they have names like Chief, Rex, Boss, Duke, King. <laughs> They're on point. And the main dog is Brian Cranston. Yeah. Wow, it's cool for him to get the one of the lead parts in a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Take that, Edward Norton. Yeah. He's probably like third billing. I don't see any of the Wilsons in this. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it doesn't surprise me about Luke, because he probably doesn't call Luke as much. But Owen, for sure. Yeah, where's Owen, man? Who, did Wes Anderson write this by himself? Yep. Okay. 
interesting. Uh, and what's it come out? But the story credit also goes to Roman Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, and Kudichi Nomura. All his buds. It's March movie. This is a March movie. Yay, that's soon. And people have talked about he's making this to make up for the fact that he's killed so many dogs in other movies. <laughs> Do you think there's going to be any dog death in this one? Mm-hmm. Probably. Well, probably at least one, right? Yeah. That's really sad. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I want to have a Wes Anderson marathon for this because I think that would be hmm. fucking fun. Because hmm. <laughs> when I think Wes Anderson, I think... Fucking fun. <laughs> you don't think you'd ever see that on the back of a DVD for a Wednesday? <laughs> fucking fun. It says Time Magazine. This Ennui is so fucking fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, I see no reason to doubt that movie. Nancy, do you like Wes Anderson movies? Sure. Do you have a favorite? Um, I mean, I haven't seen all of them, uh-huh. but I mean, Moonrise Kingdom was awesome. Oh, interesting. That's a good pick. What's yours, Sean? I keep, I've gotten, I got like halfway through uh, Royal Tannenbaum's like a long time ago. <laughs> and like, I don't remember why I stopped watching it. I've always wanted to rewatch it, but I've just never had access to it. I think it's on HBO now. Royal Tannenbaum's probably the one I've seen the most. Um, but I think Rushmore's been my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love Rushmore, too. Rushmore's my favorite. Mm. <laughs> Minority. Grand Budapest Grand Hotel. Budapest, yeah, that's I thought favorite. that was your favorite. That might, that's my second least I guess favorite. I have seen most but of it's them. Fucking, no, it's, my third, it's my third least favorite. But it's fucking fun. <laughs> it's fucking more than, fun. More than any of his other movies. Yeah, but it has maybe the least Bill Murray outside of Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. It probably doesn't help that I had a very difficult viewing experience. I stayed up 24 hours, drove from Ellensburg straight to Bellevue, watched it at the theater, but so I wouldn't fall asleep and drink two cups of coffee. <laughs> Yeah. I was insane when I saw it. Shaking my chair. I might need to rewatch them. <laughs> well, I need to watch and then rewatch your number two call. God, I hope not. I just feel like this is going to be a dreadful experience. My number two is Death Wish, directed Ugh. by Eli Roth, starring the laziest fuck in Hollywood, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen an, an Eli Roth movie, but, like, I just assume they're the worst. <laughs> like, just not for me in any any shape or form. And it's just like, I don't want to watch Bruce Willis just, like, running around just shooting poor people probably <laughs> like he looks like he's torturing a, a mechanic in one scene and then he's like going up shoot street gangs and shit it's just like no thanks no thanks at all <laughs> fuck this uh yeah don't want it don't need it <laughs> get out of here like it's it, why death wish it's not even that good of a premise it's just if i recall i've seen the original film I don't like it, by the way. The original Death Wish with Charles Bronson. He's just like a doctor who becomes like a vigilante after his um, his wife is murdered. And he just goes go, starts going around killing people. Because like, hey, my wife died. I can kill people now. It looks like in the plot synopsis I've read for that one, it seems like his family members don't even die. But he's still like, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. Okay, so it's not even... It's even less just... Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I don't like the original. I'm not a big Eli Roth fan. I like him. I think he's a good actor. 
but I've never really liked any of his films. I think this is just him trying to branch out to like maybe I can get more mainstream projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Bruce Willis, seriously, lazy fuck for sure. <laughs> He's not even trying. I like that. Like I saw, I haven't seen the trailer, but I saw. Well, I saw like a snippet of it, like on, on TV, I think. Yeah. And there's a scene where him, where he's like talking to Dean Norris. I'm like, this is too confusing. These guys are like too <laughs> two bald guys talking to each other. Yeah. Kind of like when Breaking Bad was getting tricky because it had so many bald guys in the cast. <laughs> it's definitely veered in that direction. Uh, but yeah, it looks like Vince D'Onofrio is picking up a paycheck. Yeah. That's all he's, he does. He's good at it. He hasn't challenged himself in years. Uh. Somebody didn't see the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> I guess he had to ride a horse. That probably wasn't super easy for him. That's so mean. Like he's so mad and old, he can't ride a horse. I like Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't mind that he's picking a paycheck. Vincent D'Onofrio did this crazy accent for no reason in Magnificent Seven. It sounds like when they were filming it, everyone was like, "Why is he doing this voice?" But he's just like, "Oh God, help me! I'm a good killer." <laughs> I would. Love to see Bruce Willis try something crazy like that. <laughs> he never will. He never has. I think the most he's he's challenged himself like I think in my mind twice. <laughs> Death becomes her. We played a wimp. Great. Yeah. And then Breakfast of Champions, where he played a loser. But I feel like that movie was a bomb. So he's like, I'm never gonna play a fucking loser ever again. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking tough the rest of my career. And it very rarely works. Like it kind of worked. It works fine in Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. And then like. I guess um, Moonrise Kingdom, and I, I don't, I can't think of any other good Bruce Willis performances in that time period. It just doesn't happen. Maybe the maybe the kid was really good. He wasn't really the kid. Yeah. I'm sure his wig was giving a good performance. <laughs> oh God, what a piece of shit. Uh oh, wow, number one already. Oh yep. my gosh. Um, I got one clue. You guys are gonna get it immediately. They're new in a new Halloween, and it's crazy because they're doing a the soft reboot style, which is more popular these days. And they're doing another interesting thing where they've decided after Halloween one, none of the Halloweens count anymore. This is the official Halloween two. Everything else, returns approach. All the stuff with like the evil cult and Halloween six. Or Buster Rhymes doing karate in like Halloween Eight. None of that exists anymore. It's now just the first one. We're picking up with Jamie Lee Curtis years, years later, and her daughter, who's played by Judy Greer, and then her daughter. It's being um, directed by David Gordon Green, who's been really inconsistent pretty much his whole career. <laughs> but I feel like he's done he's done well on projects that sounded promising to begin with, like. <laughs> He did that Prince Avalanche movie, which I really liked, and he did Joe, which I talked about earlier, and I liked. So he can still he can still pull it off, and he's working with uh, Bloomhouse, and they're a very consistently good horror studio. He's writing it with Danny McBride, which is bizarre, but okay, I'll go with it. I think it's bizarre because like their relationship stems from working on Eastbound and Down, so hopefully it's not tonally similar to that. Uh, the music is being done by John Carpenter, which is awesome because he never does shit anymore because he just smokes weed and plays video games. <laughs> so it's cool that he's back. <laughs> it's coming out right before Halloween, October 19th. Um, and uh, just an, an extra crazy fun fact. The actor who played Michael Myers in the original is playing Michael Myers in this one. He's a 70-year-old man who's not in very good shape. 
but he's coming back to do it. Nick Castle, the director of The Last Starfighter, <laughs> is playing Michael Myers. It's crazy. They're doing everything right. Um, That's pretty cool. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked. And I'm I'm planning, even though they don't count anymore, I'm planning on marathoning all the ones before this just to get to get super pumped. I did the math. I have to start like early August to do that. <laughs> I think I've actually already seen all of them, so it'll be fun to revisit. Very stoked. I don't know what the title is so far. It's just called Halloween. Will you be less interested if they announce it's called Halloween Resurrection? Oh God! Well, then there's already one called Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that Halloween resurgence. Oh, I don't know what you could call it to make me not. The title's gonna be bad. No what was the what. subtitle of that transporter movie? Refueled. Yeah. What if it's like Halloween refueled? It. Halloween. That's terrible. I, I'm gonna be disappointed by most titles they can come up with. Um, what if they call it October 31st? Like they just changed the movie to October 31st? I it's fine. It's weird, but I'll go with it. <laughs> what I don't they know. Call what... it All Hallows Eve. Again. No, Halloween colon All Hallows Eve. Dash. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. <laughs> it's fucking mouth wine. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to dwell anymore on this. Sean, your number one. So I've already said uh, I think Ant Man and the Wasp will be good, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to Black Panther, which comes out in just a couple weeks. Right. Um, but obviously, 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 my number one most anticipated movie of the year is the Avengers Infinity War. The movie where they take all the characters from all the Marvel movies that have been made so far and put them in one movie. Except for maybe Samuel Jackson isn't in it for some reason. Is he currently alive in those movies? I don't remember. Yes. Okay. He's ghost protocol Ah, so he wears a hood. He, he wears a, a hood, hood and right? a hat and glasses. Yeah. <laughs> they showed up on Agents of Shield once after that, but that's the last time we saw him. No one will ever see him on that. Oh, that's not true. He was in Age of Ultron. <laughs> he was in a, the Ultron Age. Uh, yeah. And he was like, "You guys thought I was dead or something, but you didn't really." Jackal Diamond. <laughs> Are you worried at all about the size of the cast? I mean. Yeah. What? Like, why would you be worried about that? Like, that's the point. Like, are they gonna do everybody right? I hope so. It seems really hard. It's a lot of like I don't know how those fight scenes are gonna work with that many people, but they'll probably just split them up into little groups. That's what they did with the Civil War for the most part. You know, the more I think about it, the thing I'm most worried about is Thanos. Is he even good? Yeah. I guess it hasn't really it hasn't really mattered in the past with Marvel movies not having good villains because they've had plenty of movies where the villain was like, eh, and the movie's still good. Yeah. I thought he seemed pretty promising in the trailer where he comes out and he's like having a good time. I just think he looks kind of shitty. He looks like Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting down like I assume Bruce Willis does a lot. <laughs> Do I have to stand in the scene? Here's let me just fire a gun. <laughs> He's just going to sit in a chair and fire a gun. <laughs> He's got a throne that flies around and goes, firing his gun. I mean, regardless, we're going to have Spider-Man in the cool robot spider suit, and we're going to have Iron Man in a hoodie, which is like, is that an Iron Man hoodie? What's up with that? You got Captain America with a beard. You got Scarlet Witch hanging out with... Vision, but he's a man now. He's Paul Bettany. He's got to die, right? Because he's got one of them stones in he's his head. He's got a stone in his head. He's Who gonna knows what's going to happen? <laughs> you got uh, 
Black Widow. She's a blonde now. What's up with that? It was pretty crazy. My boys, the Guardians. Guardians of Galaxies are there. What the what? Thor's got his eye patch. Yeah, his nice haircut. Yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> Not a, a surprise. Nice haircut. <laughs> it's a nice haircut. Sean, Sean is getting me amped right now. <laughs> it's got a lot of stuff in it. I think I've asked you this question before, but would this be? Uh, would it be good if this was the last Avengers it movie? It sure seems like it. If everything's been leading to this, where do they go after? And I mean, haven't haven't they already said that there, there is an another uh, Avengers for? Yeah, there's an Infinity War Part Two, which Ugh. will have its own title coming out next. I, year. I I heard I heard that they it's not Infinity War Part Two. It's just Avengers Four. Yeah, like they scrapped. It's not going to be like a two parter. But it is because it everything's is it been still, a parter. Is it still confirmed to be the oh, fight yeah. Thanos? Still the same plot line that extends into two movies, or is it a totally different thing? I th- I think I think we're gonna get a conclusion in this movie to the whole then, Thanos you know, plot. Maybe, and then we'll have like Avengers Four. We'll be like, uh, oops, uh, everybody Ninja died. <laughs> no, it'll be like Ninja Turtles Three. You know, like uh, we just won't have anything to do. Avengers with in time. Yep, they're gonna go back to ancient China. I I meant that literally, like the plot of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time travel. It'll end with a cool scene where they throw the bad guy off a off a wall, and he goes no, <laughs> and then disappears right before his body hits the water because of some sort of mistake in posting. <laughs> He's still alive. Time bubble. Uh. But yeah, Black Panther looks cool too. Can't wait to see that. Afrofuturism is a thing I wouldn't mind seeing more in movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alright, this is the big moment, Colin. This is the big moment. Drum roll. You're number uh, one. I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, you're going to be pleased. It's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. No! <laughs> yeah! It deserves it. That's a good choice. That's fine. It, uh... I haven't watched the trailer yet. Oh, you haven't? It's bad. Watch yeah. it now and tell us your experience. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, watch it. I want to okay. hear your reaction in real time. Okay, here we go. Hold on a second. You can continue talking, Colin. I'll load it up. Okay. So, the Jurassic World movie is like... It's not offensively bad, but it's offensively bad in the way that it goes out of its way to not be offensively bad. <laughs> like, it's just so mediocre and safe. And, like, this one seems like... I don't even know, man. I don't know what they're doing with it. It's, it's just... hard to tell. <laughs> but none of it looks good. It doesn't look like they're doing anything more ambitious than that first movie but uh, again it's like maybe they're hiding the actual plot I of feel like the they movie. are because in, in Jurassic World we were given only a brief indication of what where this could be going with BD Wong taking like vials off Jurassic Park like oh we're gonna do shit with this and then we get this new one and it, the trailer doesn't have any of that it's about something entirely different uh, I don't want to spoil it because I want Nancy to see it um, I, I can only find Jurassic World 2 trailer Extended. It's like five minutes long. That's, it's just fallen. Mm. Just type "fallen kingdom" trailer. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, <laughs> you give us your play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this too much. 
It's not why we're here, because he's like, she's dating somebody or something. Mm -hmm. This is like one of those cool YouTube trailer reactions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we want to cash it on. Oh, that oh, oh, the, oh, the, the, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so the island's gonna, island's gonna, oh shit. <laughs> what could go wrong? Raise a goddamn dinosaur. Executive producer Steven Spielberg. That's good. Apparently, this part isn't very interesting. <laughs> or it's so engrossing. I don't get it. Like, what, what do you mean, leave them to die? Are they just gonna die if no one does anything? <laughs> oh, you'll see. Bite his hand off. <laughs> <laughs> They're running. Yeah. This is such good audio. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's got. That's like goat Satan. <laughs> goat Satan? It's like a dinosaur with like goat horn. Oh, okay. New kinds of dinos! I think I know what you're talking about now. Goats here. This trailer's longer. Just like the CG in this movie doesn't, like, it didn't. That was one of my biggest complaints about the last one. It's like, it didn't look great. Like, I don't know. Is the trailer over? It's like. Maybe it's just my memory, but. No, it's still going there in the bubble or in the ocean. <laughs> I don't need, I don't know anything about this movie. What do you mean you just saw the trailer? It's got the <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know that. so so what's it about? Uh, oh, oh, the rampage trailer is loading up. <laughs> well, they haven't as far as we know, just from what they've said in the trailer, basically Jurassic Park or the island or whatever has an active volcano on it and it's gonna kill all the dinosaurs. Oh, that makes sense. But the thing is, what makes that trailer so confusing is if that's the plot they're gonna give us now, it makes it seem like they're showing like the end of the movie. So it's like, it definitely makes me wonder if there's way more going on in this movie and they're just not showing us. And if that's the case, then they're totally mismarketing this movie, which is a terrible idea. Like I don't know what it is. I, well, I I kind of like. I don't, I'm I'm. If they're showing us the end, I'm not excited. <laughs> but but if they're showing us the beginning, I'm intrigued. Yeah, if that's the first ten minutes. But like, I guess there's no way to know that. So what, no, what can, more can, can we be but disappointed like the, until that reveal? I could see that being like the first forty-five minutes. But like, did you actually think it, like yeah. it looked cool running on the island with it, like all the fire and shit and all the dinosaurs running? Like, was, was that cool? I mean, as cool as. Any CG fest, <laughs> exploding stuff. I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm so numb to that kind of stuff now. Yeah, it's like Jurassic Park is way too high energy now. Like I think about like how in Jurassic World, you add shots like, like weird helicopter type shots of like dinosaurs fighting and like there's that one terrible uh, sequence in Jurassic World where you first 
the what's it called the Indominus Rex like breaks out and then there's a helicopter that crashes behind it and there's just all this shit in the frame. The thing that makes Jurassic Park like scary is the tension. Yeah. Like it's not <laughs> it's not about like 500 dinosaurs running down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so sad because I remember in in uh, production the the director uh, I, I just like the one time I forgot his name you know. Spanish guy, um, he was like, "We're gonna make this more like a horror movie. This is more going back. This is like horror dress park." Yeah, yeah, I like remember that, at that. All. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, here's to hoping that's just a horrible trailer. It looks like deleted scenes from the last scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that that director's name is J. A. Bayona, who has done some good movies. Um, he did not like get to what the orphanage. That was like 30 years ago. It was 11 years ago, but it's an excellent movie. It's the best movie Guillermo del Toro never made. I did produce it, though. But this movie is written by uh, Colin Trevorrow and his writing partner. So It's got a stamp on it. I mean, we hate Colin Trevorrow for Jurassic World, but what else do we really hate him for? (laughs) I guess guess there's Book of Henry, which people say is like... The trailer for Book of Henry was... Did enough damage. People say to it's me. stupendously terrible. I mean, do you, do you put any blame? Like, do you not trust him? Because you know Kathleen Kennedy like made him rewrite episode nine like five times, and it was still like, you okay? That's enough. I don't know. I just like he's definitely yeah. He's not someone you get excited for, but like, has he really proved himself as really terrible yet? I feel like if this is really terrible, then yeah, okay, it's solidified that he's horrible. <laughs> but I think he's. Still I don't know. Around. After watching that trailer. I'm like optimistic that it's just bad marketing. Yeah, it's that it's just not uh, what it is, and they don't want to give too much away, so they're showing you this other yeah. stuff. But then there's a, like there's a few other weird decisions, like apparently you know Jeff Goldblum's in there saying his catchphrases and whatnot, and supposedly yeah. like he's only in that one scene, so they basically give you his whole scene, which it would have been so much that nicer to have like a like a surprise cameo instead of showing you his whole scene in the trailer, so. Yeah. That's a little disappointing. I mean, it makes sense, like, if that's his only scene, like, why would he go back there, like, for a third time? So. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get a, a surprise Sam Neill cameo. They're, they're, they're holding out that. Oh, that'd be, actually, I don't know why I'd care. Be <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Prime Minister of New Zealand now. The pri- he went from being a paleontologist to the Prime Minister of New Zealand. He's like, hey, I've seen dinosaurs multiple times. <laughs> Elect me. <laughs> it's like, that guy knows what he's talking about. I also hate the fact that we have to pick up again with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard as if we had any attachment to those characters. <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah. He's so annoying and he's just like, oh, my, I'm named Joe Kickass. Let's go do this. <laughs> and like that, we're supposed to care that he still has a relationship with like his raptor friend. Like, I didn't even remember that his raptor friend lived. I thought they all died. No, I remember they like tag teamed the Irex with the Yeah, all this T-Rex. fucking dinosaur WrestleMania matches. <laughs> <laughs> That's some more of the stuff where it's like I could never imagine this in the original one. And yeah, it's like these weird overhanging shots. Yeah, the original was about like nature, not war. Nature finds a way, not like. Fucking war kid. finds war a way. War finds a way. This is your new. What is the the uh, slogan? This new one is it's life finds a way, <laughs> which is I feel like inaccurate. 
But it'll be a huge fucking hit. It's gonna make so much money, you guys. I don't. I, I, is it? Yeah. Uh, no. It's under Transformers territory, where it's just like anybody will just go see it just because. I don't. The reaction to this trailer has been universally negative. Nobody I mean, the reaction it. to every single Transformers trailer has been universally negative, and. No, I feel. I feel like the. I feel like the reactions to Transformers trailers are universally positive. Maybe. I mean, as, as far as, like, hardcore Transformers people, they get, you know, like, they get tricked every time. <laughs> and they all they all hate the movies, but they, they go, oh, maybe this is the one. True. Do you feel that way, Sean? No. <laughs> no, no. Did, God, did, no. Did, you, did you ever feel that way? No. Maybe this is the one. Because you, you gotta remember, Transformers 2, I saw it in October. It had come out in the summer. And by that point, everyone's like, this is one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's what Jurassic World has working for it. One, most people liked the last one. It got generally okay reviews. So people aren't like, oh, that was so terrible. I can't believe they're making another one. People are like, that was so good. This new one looks even awesomer. And then you have the people like us who will like, you know, I still have a soft spot for Jurassic Park in my heart somewhere. I guess if we're not doing anything, we may, we could just kind of check it out. You know, who kind of like, like reluctantly just like, I guess, you know, it's Jurassic Park. So you, you have a lot of different kinds of groups that are going to go see it, regardless of how good the trailer is. So I think it'll do really good. I think it'll do really good, but I don't think it's going to do as well as the last one. Will it do better than Will it do better than Han Solo? What? When did When does it come? It comes out, out June twenty second. Mm-hmm. Okay, comes so it's out kind of closed. Yeah, yeah. So it'll probably kill. <laughs> it's just like May is so crowded. Yeah, because you got like Deadpool, Han Solo, and Infinity Wars, and they're all like really close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just gonna be so much money flowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think there's going to be a time where you can see like I'm going to go to the movies and you could see any one of those three movies except I assume Deadpool is like a lot cheaper yeah so oh, Deadpool didn't make it amazing you guys excited for Deadpool? Yeah, kind of I think it's kind of in the mid range if it didn't <laughs> make it on either of our lists it was interesting that the director had a, a, a take he wanted he wanted a direction to go with it and they're like nah Ryan Reynolds was like nah and then they fired him, or he quit. I love how much power Ryan Reynolds. It's like has. he has one hit. All of a sudden, it's like he has the power. <laughs> also, he everyone's like, God, he's so funny. He's the fucking funniest guy on the whole planet. He's so fucking funny. Guy loves so much. <laughs> Wish you'd do an hour-long Netflix special. God, he's so fucking funny. You want to see a Ryan Reynolds stand-up special? God, I. That's the last thing I would ever want. To I don't watch. get it. In his defense, <laughs> Sean. I hear he's pretty funny. <laughs> he's Detective Pikachu, which I feel like was a, a disappointing casting. They should have gone with Ken Watanabe or Hugh Jackman or something. Ken Watanabe is in that, it too. I'm gonna make that what Sean just that string of words that Sean just said. That's gonna be my ring. <laughs> uh, I assume we'll talk about Fallen Kingdom again when it comes out. That sounds like a good some kind of movie episode. Yeah, maybe. If we all see it. I don't, I don't think we're going to be in any hurry to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Ice cold takes on 
Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> this is what this podcast is all about, ice cold takes. Except for most anticipated, because we got these hot takes. They're so hot. Yeah. They're not even out of the oven yet. I'm excited for some of those. I had Colin, a whose lot list of them. did you more interested be in? Oh, probably yours. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but John's was good, too. I just had too many horror movies. <laughs> I don't usually see that many horror movies. Had, but had three. I'd, I'd see some of the ones you mentioned. No love for Annihilation, either. Uh, yeah. It's on my list like two years ago. <laughs> also, it's coming it out was? in February. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. February coming soon. All right. Exciting stuff, guys. Take us out, Sean. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you liked this and want to listen to more podcasts like it, go on iTunes and search Mildly Pleased or go in your web browser of choice and type in mildlypleased.com. I don't know the next time we'll hear from Nancy, but... You can see some movie reviews and stuff on the blog. And we'll probably do another podcast sometime. So that'll be cool. So thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.